Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Quran. And today I'm going to be exploring Surah Ikra or Surah Al Alaq, the congealed blood read. So we're going to begin with recitation from our wonderful Imam Khurm Rafiq. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم Kalla <laughs> أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَامْ كَلَّا لَئِنْ لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاسِيَةِ نَاصِيَةٍ كَاذِبَةٍ خَاطِيَةٍ فَلْيَدْعُ نَادِيَةٍ سَنَدْعُ الزَّبَانِيَةٍ Jazakallah khayt Marana for that melodious and beautiful recitation of Surah Al-Alaq. And let me present to you the translation from the majestic Quran. I begin with the name of Allah, the kind, the caring. I've labeled the first five verses the first revelation because they were the first revelation ever, the first five verses of the Quran. Okay? Recite in the name of your Lord who created, created humans from clustered germ cells. Recite your Lord is the most generous, who taught with the pen. He taught humans what they didn't know. The verses from 6 to the end, according to most Mufassirin, were revealed much later, uh, pointing to a particular episode, a particular uh, um, um, happening uh, at the time of uh, the, the Prophet's life in Mecca, uh, particularly Abu Jahal, the arch enemy, uh, the staunch opponent of Rasulullah. So this part is really about Abu Jahal how he's warned against his um, wretched attitude and behavior towards the messenger. But humans go beyond boundaries of Allah. This is how it opens, okay? That's really interesting in a way the Quran. But humans go beyond boundaries of Allah considering themselves to be self-sufficient, yet the final return is to your Lord. Have you seen the one who stops a servant of ours from praying? 
Don't you re realize he is, rightly he is rightly guided and issues commands based on fear of Allah? Have you considered when he denies the truth and turns away? Doesn't he know? Doesn't Abu Jahl know? Doesn't this ignorant person know that Allah sees everything? No. If he doesn't end this behavior, we shall drag him by the forelock, that lying and sinful forelock. So let him call out to his supporters. We shall summon the angel guards at the gates of hell to take care of him. No, don't follow him, prophet, but prostrate before us and draw ever closer. So uh, Surah uh, Al-Alaq, Two parts of it. The first five verses were revealed in the Ghare Hira, in that cave, about seven kilometers southwest of the Haram. Uh, and uh, this was the Prophet's refuge, actually, or a retreat, a place of retreat. Uh, I'm sure those of you who've been to Hajj or to Umrah will certainly have climbed the Mount Hira. I was there only a few months ago. It's an amazing place, an amazing opportunity to sit where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam sat 1400 years ago. It's really amazing. And we took some photos, of course, okay? Not selfies, actually. Somebody else took the photos. And it was really amazing, you know, um, to, to be in that place. Very, very tight place. And he used to go there uh, to actually um, meditate, to contemplate, uh, and to remember Allah. So when we talk about meditation and contemplation, what we mean very simply, simply is zikrullah in the heart, in the mind, in the tongue, and remembering Allah in thoughts. And, and that's what we mean, okay? Uh, and so Rasulullah used to go to Ghari uh, Hira, take some food and stay there for a few days, a few nights, sometimes weeks actually. And Khadija al-Qubra, radiyallahu ta'ala, and his wife, sometimes would obviously come and give him more food uh, and water, okay? Uh, and one day, in the month of Ramadan, as he was uh, having this retreat of his, from the cave of Hira, you can actually see the Kaaba. Uh, even today, despite the, you know, the, the buildings there, you can still see the, the Kaaba. And, um, but what... The Prophet ﷺ used to do is, this was a retreat, a spiritual retreat really, where it would be a time to really reflect on how could I help these people uh, and how could I actually recharge my own battery and to get that courage uh, and, and how could I go and help them to bring them out of their idolatry, out of their materialism, out of their worship uh, of that Lat and Uzza and, and, and those idols of theirs. How could I bring them out of their wretched state of, of injustice that they were committing? How they ignored the rights of the oppressed, the weak, the vulnerable, had no sense of you know, human rights actually. There was no sense of it. And how could I rectify that wretched state? So that is what you know, his purpose was in having that retreat. So as he sat there uh, in his retreat, Angel Jibril came, okay, uh, and, and this is the first meeting the Prophet has with uh, Angel Jibril at the age of 40, all right, uh, and, and uh, Jibril says to him, Ikra, read, read, 
Uh, and of course, in, in books of hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, we see the Prophet وسلم, saying that, uh, you know, بقارئين, I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. I don't, I don't read, okay? I don't read and write. That's what he meant really. I don't read and write. And then Jibreel says, Ikra bismi okay? And when he actually reads the, by the name of your Lord, okay? The most generous Lord, then the Prophet begins to read with him, recite after him effectively. He is reading after him. And just look at how you know, Allah is introduced here. He's first introduced as a Rabbuk, okay? Your Lord. He's your Lord. Okay? Uh, and, and, uh, but the first thing is said is read. Okay? Uh, we'll talk about that later on, you know, the importance of reading and knowledge and, and how reading is so crucial to knowledge, to our understanding, and to our development, not just development for our careers. You know, reading and literacy and numeracy and seeking knowledge is not about all about our careers. It's not about filling our bellies. It's actually far more than that. It is about our humanity, about that potential we talked about in Surah Atin. How do you develop that potential? Knowledge, reading, writing is all about developing that amazing potential. And, you know, خَلَقَ insana min alaq. You know, Allah created human beings from alaq. Uh, and alaq has variously been translated by modern translators as, you know, germ cells. Okay? Uh, of course, what we mean by that is the, the gamete, you know, from the, which comes from the um, fertilization of the egg, okay? By the sperm, you get the gamete. That is the um, alaq, you know, that develops uh, in, in, in the womb. Uh, and ikra wa rabbukal akram, okay? Read, you know, by that most generous Lord of yours who taught with the pen. Who taught with the? Now telling us that we need to learn how to write as well. So read and write are the first two important lessons of the first revelation of God. Okay? Already making it absolutely clear that without reading and writing, you cannot be you know, people of Allah. You cannot be people who are developed. It's really interesting, you know, when I say Allama bil qalam with pen, uh, you know, only three years ago, Birmingham University discovered uh, two pages of the Qur'an. And when Oxford University's uh, carbon dating department, uh, which looks at old manuscripts and, uh, and old items to date them with carbon and very accurately, um, they dated them to the time of who? Sayyidina Osman. Radiallahu an. Okay, so here we had two pages, okay, of Quran, which go back to the time of. How accurate is it? Well, they say plus or minus seven years. Subhanallah. And we know that, you know, uh, I have actually read them. They're from Surah Al Qaf, these two pages. Uh, and and you, you can actually read the, uh, the, towards the end of the uh, Surah Al Qaf. Yeah, no? So it's amazing. You know, 1400 years ago, that Quran is preserved uh, and, and we see it here in Birmingham University. You should do ziyarah of it, really. So, uh, So reading and writing are so important. You know, the next part of 
so th these first five verses were revealed now, and then sometime later, the verse 6 to 19 are revealed. This isn't uncharacteristic of the Qur'an. This is actually quite characteristic of the Qur'an. So some surahs are actually combination of Makki and Madni verses. Yes. Yes, Makini and Madni. So when, it, when there's a surah name and um, when it says Makini or Madni, then it probably means, adding on to what you said about um, if it revealed in Medina or... All right, okay. So uh, what the Mufassirin will do is, uh, or, or what is agreed on is, okay, they will say this is a Makki surah, and then the Mufassirin, who, people who are experts, you know, the, the, they will go into details and they do actually, will, they will tell you that, um, you know, we have evidence to suggest that these verses were revealed in Medina, and this is our evidence. They would cite those reports. Uh, and, uh, and others would contest them as well. So there's a lot of debate about them. Uh, but the surah, uh, so when I say this is a Makki surah, uh, you know, someone else will, some of the other Mufassir might say sometimes, and they've got to give evidence, that, no, this is a Madani surah. Uh, but when a, 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 a surah has both Makki and Madani, they would take the one which is most prominent. For example, in Surah Al-Muzammil, we know this is mostly Makki and only one verse is from Madani. So it's still considered as a Makki surah jana, like that. So, uh, so the second part of the uh, surah is really refers to the man who refused to listen to the Prophet. Okay? Gee, Dr. Sab, you know, before you go into the next part, the first part of the surah um, speaks about learning, reading, writing. And what, what we also know is the reflection that the Prophet ﷺ went to the cave of Hira to reflect and his reflection upon uh, you know, society. So, and all these three things go hand in hand, learning, reading, writing and reflecting. So we should be reflective practitioners all of the time, reflective learners and writers. Um, and for example, now we live in a society where you know, people write, but they mm. don't reflect upon what they write. Mm. And in that in the midst of it, they cause more damage than they do to, uh, you know, give some sort of benefit. So in, in the guise of freedom of speech or freedom of expression, we find people without reflecting, they're insulting, they're mocking. Um, and it's, it's not mm. really, uh, you can say, um, uh, beneficial. Yes. For, well, for thank you for that, Amaron. You mentioned three things there, really. Um, and, and, and this is a very important part of British educational system. Um, you know, in GCSE, we used to, uh, when we do the marking, uh, you give marks for the knowledge, you give marks for your understanding, and you give very high marks for the ability to evaluate. If the student can, if, you, if the ch student can churn out facts and figures, that's C. If the student can really understand and show, I know this really, what it is, what it stands for, what it means, and what, how it's defined, and how good it is, and poor it is, I, I know. Uh, that's understanding, you get B plus or possibly A. But if you are able to reflect and evaluate and weigh up the pros and cons of it and say, ah, we can use it for this good, we can reject it, or we can do that with it, that is evaluation, that is reflection, okay? Something which the Qur'an actually stresses in many places, you know, when it says, Afala 
يتفكرون. Don't they reflect? You know, and here he's talking about Allah's creation. He say, well, after looking at this amazing sun, this glowing uh, um, uh, sun, uh, and this scorching sun, uh, and the brightness of it, uh, haven't you come to the conclusion that this is just an amazing thing? There must be a creator, there must be a designer, there must be an amazing engineer who's made this, eh? Don't you reflect on that? So, yes, you know, the re reflection is really crucial. And sadly, you know, as I said, you know, in, in uh, GCSE, you would get C if you didn't do the understanding and reflection. We must, you know, become people who are reflective and understanding. Same thing with the deen as well, to be honest. You know, we not, don't just need to know how to do our salah. We need to go to the next level of saying, how does that, how is that changing me? What impact is it having on me, okay? That is the reflection and how is it benefiting me, okay? So how is it bringing me closer to Allah? Uh, and, and so knowledge, yes, knowledge is not just enough. Knowledge has to move to the next stage of understanding and of deep reflections and evaluation, really. Could you say uh, that's level of ihsan? Well, that, that's right. That would be the level of ihsan, as, as mentioned in that amazing, beautiful hadith, you know, of, uh, you know, of Islam, Iman, and... And, and, uh, and of Ihsan. But oh, sorry. Yes, go ahead, Niba. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, um, you were mentioning about reading and writing, so um, that's, I would say that that's the whole point of like seeking knowledge so we can share as well, so we learn ourselves and share. And adding on to what um, you, um, Imam said um, uh, about evaluating without understanding and sharing knowledge, this is why it's so important to understand the Quran and seek knowledge so that whatever we share is uh, we share truly because this was said by Prophet Wasallam as well and by today there's a lot of people out there that are Muslims that are sharing knowledge that isn't true as well which is again adding on to what you said about reading and writing and understanding it's so important and then evaluating Okay, so what he's right saying way. is we've got to um, we, we have a standard to measure what we see on our screens and read or write. Mm -hmm. we, we, we have a criterion and a standard against which we can measure it. And if it doesn't fit that standard, we reject it. Yeah, no? mm -hmm. And that standard, of course, is the Quran and the Sunnah of mm -hmm. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And it's also spreading false knowledge, which is yes, which is well, yes. wrong in every of course, way and, and that is where that. You need to be doing that, uh, measuring and comparing it with what is said, and, and, and uh, that would be, uh, you know, something which uh, I, I think we again it, it's knowing how to access the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah So you know the the, the next story uh, is, is about uh, this staunch opponent of Rasulullah Who is that? Abu Jahal. Uh, it's really interesting. The Quran doesn't mention the name. Uh, there is only one disciple mentioned in the whole Quran by name, Zaid. Yet it talks about dozens of great disciples and Sahaba, great ones, but doesn't mention anybody's name. And same with the evil, wretched, unjust, uh, and tyrants of the world. It doesn't mention many names except you know just few names, uh, and even those actually by titles rather than. Uh, th th then you know, even not making them even conspicuous. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. Uh, so anyway, 
because the Quran is not interested in people and personalities and names, okay? It's interested in their characteristics, what they do, and telling us that it is what they do, you know, that we look at. It's their deeds and what intentions they have. So this man, uh, you know, uh, Allah tells us, is, uh, it's interesting how it opens. It says, you know, some people go beyond limits. They break the limits of humanity, okay? Which is very simply, you know, we should treat every human being with kindness, generosity, and goodness. That's it. You know, we sh- but these guys go beyond that. Why isn't he letting him do his salah, his prayer in the haram? So Abu Jahl, the staunchest enemy of the Prophet, vowed that he will stop him from praying in the haram. And the Prophet ﷺ wasn't scared at all. He did pray. He was praying there one day, and Abu Jahl came. He rushed towards him in order to get hold of him physically and throw him out. However, as he got closer, he began to see something and he began to move backwards, retract his steps, and he moved backwards. And when he came back to those people, they asked, what's the matter? He says, when I got close to Muhammad wasallam, I saw flames coming towards me, okay? I would have been burnt and scorched had I moved an inch further. And so Allah protects the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And here, you know, the, in, in a way, the Prophet is, uh, the Quran is forecasting that, look, you're going to have a lot of opposition and you have to be strong to face that opposition. Uh, so, you know, this concludes the surah. But there's a very interesting thing. You know, Allah says that, you know, this opponent of Muhammad this person who's rejecting our message, what will we do? We are going to hold him and grab him from his forelock and throw him into hell. And it's very interesting, why use the idea of the forelock? Well, forelock has actually many connotations, but what is really interesting is in modern uh, neurobiology, they say that this area is where we do our planning and our serious thinking. Okay, so this is where Abu Jal had his wrong notions and intentions of abusing the Prophet. Okay, and from here, you know, Allah says, this is how we will uh, punish him. So, you know, inshallah, this surah is again an invitation to studying, learning, reflecting, uh, and actually seeking God's guidance, and of course, not following the path of those who oppose truth and guidance. Oh